everyone, and welcome back to another episode of Movius Ministries Podcast. This is your friend, Josiah. We are going to dive into our third chapter on the book of Galatians. I have been loving this book, and obviously we just went through the book of James, so if you have not gotten a chance to check that out, check it out. That book was a book of just so much insight. Um, I just got refreshed by so much stuff that I needed to let the Lord discipline me in. And um, we got into a lot of the Greek language in chapter one, and it really opened my eyes like unbelievably. So um, this is season 17, episode 173 here on Mobius Ministries. I, with the help of the Holy Spirit, thank God, do my best to interpret scripture, help you grow in your intimacy with the Holy Spirit, and to uh, encourage you to remain steadfast through tough seasons as we also continue to be prepared for the second coming of Christ. If you are a Spotify listener, there is a question posted below you can answer. Uh, if you have a smartphone based on uh, Galatians chapter 3, and the verse of the day is out of 1 Kings 9, verse 3. And 1 and 2 Kings and 1 and 2 Chronicles tell you a lot about the kings that God worked through in the Old Testament. In the NIV, it says, The Lord said to him, I have heard the prayer and plea you have made before me. I have considered this temple which you have built by putting my name there forever. My eyes and my heart will always be there. We can look at the scripture and see that God answers prayers when we pray according to his will and when we when we are faithful with what he's given us and that... Um, God is faithful even when we're unfaithful, but we want to love him because he first loved us. We don't want to um, nullify the grace of God. There's one one bit of uh, encouragement, beloved, that I really felt the Lord put on my heart just a few days ago. Um, I don't know where you're at right now in your your walk with the Lord, um, but I do feel like the Lord has a small word And you can go ahead and flip to your Bibles in Matthew chapter, I think it might be chapter 4. No, hang on, let me. Sorry, let me look it up real quick. It is uh, Matthew 7. Matthew 7, 14. This is what I feel like the Lord is encouraging you with right now, whatever season you're in. Um, And then we will open in prayer, dive into this study. I have a lot of notes here. Um, I've worked on this particular chapter on three different occasions because I've been extra careful on what I'm going to say. And I've looked at things. Um, If you want to know the song that was just playing, it was called... um, Endless Life by William Augusto and the song that's about to play. I forget which one I cued. So, oh, it's called Follow Me by William Augusto, the same guy. So I, I, I felt I feel the Lord really putting on my heart to encourage you guys with this. Jesus says in Matthew 7, 13 through 14, Enter through the narrow gate. 
For wide is the gate, and broad and easy to travel is the path that leads the way to destruction and eternal loss, and there are many who enter through it. But small is the gate, and narrow and difficult to travel... Sorry, let me restart that. But small is the gate, and, and narrow, and difficult to travel is the path that leads to the way to everlasting life. I'm reading out of the Amplified. And there are few who find it. So, beloved, I encourage you. I feel like the Lord's saying out of this, if it feels like you're on a narrow path, if you feel like there's something, if you have felt a conviction throughout the week of like, no, I can't go back to that or no, I can't do that. And maybe you didn't, maybe you know why and maybe you don't. The Holy Spirit is instructing your heart to stay aligned with his will because he loves you so much and because he called you into redemption through Christ and he loves you so much and this life is not the life that we are supposed to enjoy to the fullest yes we can enjoy our lives here on earth in the will of God but in revelations it says that we gave up our lives because we didn't love it we didn't love our lives And so we can love our lives in the will of God, but we can hate it outside of it. But we have to continue to remember that. And I'm, and I'm, I'm, I'm disciplining myself in the same way, beloved, that we have an eternal home eventually that will come. And, um, oh, I just pray that the Holy Spirit would just put hope in your heart right now, wherever you're at. Um, I'm in the toughest season of my life with the Lord right now, and um, God has just been so faithful, so patient, so kind in the midst of um, the arrogance that we may deal with, and it's all of his moments of refinement. So um, let's open in prayer, beloved. So, Father... I thank you for the growth that you're bringing us through your Holy Spirit. Lord, I pray whatever season this listener is in, Lord, I pray they'd be faithful with whatever you've given them. Lord, I pray that you would touch them in a new way tonight. Lord, I thank you that you don't leave us hanging Lord, in the midst of when we come to the end of ourselves not knowing what to do, meet us where we're at, Father, and let your grace change us, not our own works. We humble ourselves, Father, and we ask that your strength would be made known in our weakness tonight and tomorrow and the next day, if tomorrow and the next day is to come, Lord. I pray the words I say are are true and according to to just the truth of who you are. God, I think you have trusted me and you've gifted me with this. Father, just give us a new invigorated feeling of the fear of the Lord to stand in awe, to bow in reverence, to respect deeply your name. Lord, we thank you for the cross, the... the God-man that you sent, you came and you did what we couldn't do. You, you lived the life 
that we couldn't live, that we are all sheep who have gone our own way, but you have laid the iniquity of us all on him. Lord, I pray for those that aren't in the eternal salvation, who are not found in the book of life. I pray their names would be found in it today, Father, that they would be um, grafted into Jacob's branch. Jesus, we trust you. We trust the sacrifice you made and that you were sent by God. We believe you are the only Son of God. You are the mediator between God and man. And we love you because you first loved us. And I just, I pray every word that comes out of your word, Lord, would go forth in power, provoke our hearts, invigorate our hearts, encourage our hearts. Help us to forgive those who have wronged us. And for those who are going down that narrow path, Father, I thank you that you have kept them there because you love them. In Jesus' name, amen. Okay, and I do have a water here so I can stay hydrated. I, I just put some new ice in it, some water. So thank you very much. <laughs> okay, today uh, we're going to be reading out of the ESV version. And I would also challenge you again to read along with me, take notes if you'd like, and to go and listen to the overview of the book of Galatians from the Bible Project with Tim Mackey. He just is so good. I, I love Tim Mackey. Um, I'd like to listen to more of his sermons, um, but yeah. Okay, so before we get into the context, I have one more thing I want to say, um, or two more things. There are only a few Greek words we're going to be getting into today. We're going to be getting into, I think, I think four, five, or six, and um, I did prep myself, so I, I do think I do know how to say these words correctly. That may be legalism, but whatever. Um, and uh, I don't know if you guys have heard of the oh, what's it called? The American Gospel series. Um, there are people on there that people have labeled as Calvinists, um, and I've just kind of like brushed that aside. I've, I've said, you know, Paul says in Corinthians, the arm cannot say to the leg, I have no need of you. I've got other verses running, rhyming through my head that people have told me about that I don't know the context of, but um, I, I, I watched their series on the gospel and about false teaching, and they have a third one coming out uh, this year, Lord willing, um, about the new apostolic reformation, which I'm not really sure if that's like man-made religion, which we are we have been getting into here in the book of Galatians, and we will we're going to dive the chapters three, four, and five. Paul goes deeper into what it means by man-made religion. Um, and anyway, I watched the gospel series, the gospel documentary, their presentation of it. And one thing a pastor said was, I think the gospel should be preached in every message. And I just kind of sat there and thought about it. And I said, you know what? I would agree. I would completely agree because us as Christians, we learn things. I've, I've been following Christ for about five and a half years now. And ever since, ever since the summer of 2017, 
and I, I didn't really come to the knowledge of the gospel until later on in my in my walk with Christ. And I am going to get into that. I'm going to share some personal information um, about my walk with God as we go th- into Galatians 3. We'll get into that. Don't worry. But, so what I'm going to start doing um, at the end of each message from here on out, I am going to do a little minute, uh, my, my best five-minute review of what the gospel is and how to walk in it. So we will be doing that at the end, Lord willing. So, okay, 13 minutes in, it's okay, I'm not here to people please, yada yada yada. Here we go. So to understand some context, at the end of what we read from chapter 2, last week we did Galatians 2, Paul started to talk about the message of the gospel again to his church in Galatia due to what Paul calls them false teachers. Uh, who were coming in the church and spreading lies and giving what was called a false gospel. It was a false gospel because it was given by man. Paul has stated many times throughout this whole letter, beloved, that what he had received, Paul, was not from man or was according to man, but from the man Christ Jesus. I say this with a broken heart, not negatively, but unfortunately today in the church, many people, beloved, take in so much information and they go on with so much, they they, they go on with what sounds right. And they go out and they spread lies and and, and they just, they they go out and they, they, they spread what sounds right. Instead of doing 1 John 4, and I love the way the message version says it, you guys have heard me say it that way before, but the message version states it as Uh, carefully weighing and examining everything that you hear because many false teachers and prophets have gone out into the world. Uh, We need to remember what uh, what we read in James, that there is a stricter judgment on teachers, that the tongue is a dangerous thing, that where many words, where, where, where words are many, sin is not lacking. That's Proverbs 10, 19. We need to be careful Uh, with what people tell us. If we love them, we will point them in the right direction instead of just pleasing ourselves all the time. Um, And that's easier said than done. I'm going off script now. That's easier said than done. But if you like, like, Lord, like put that conviction in my heart, help me to do what's pleasing towards you. And even if you are, obviously I'm off script now. But if you are in that conversation with someone where it's uncomfortable to say the hard thing, you I mean, tell them that, but say, I love you way too much. Like, tell them, like, like I've learned so much in my walk and I'm, there's more I'm going to learn, but if what I really do believe is true and I've tested it and I've examined it and I've taken it to the Lord and now I'm giving it to you, that has to show you my heart for you. Paul says that love, it's the word... Um, Agape, that's actually not how the Greek word is pronounced. I forget the other way it's pronounced. But it means unselfish love for people. And what does that mean? It means if you're not telling them what's actually the truth, then that's, I think that may be an unselfish way. So to continue from my notes, we need to be careful in what we believe in. We need to let the Holy Spirit direct us in truth and not our pastor or our teacher. With that being said, I... I Josiah Mobius, do not have perfect theology. No one does. 
which means I am going to say things that may not be true in God's eyes. James says that we stumble with the tongue in many ways, and he's including himself in that in that uh, in that in that verse. He's we. He's including himself. So go back to God's word. Go back to what God's word says in the midst of hearing what I will preach today and here on out and what you've heard before on other episodes on Galatians 3. And then at the end of um, today's episode, I'll be sharing the gospel. So Galatians 3, 1, the title for this is by faith or by works of the law. Paul says, oh, foolish Galatians, who bewitched you? It was before your eyes that Jesus Christ was publicly portrayed as crucified. Now, the Greek word for the word foolish is the word um, aniatas, aniatas, and its word, this word is used as an adjective, and the definition means not understood, unintelligible, or unwise. And then the Greek word for the word bewitched, where he says, who has bewitched you guys, is the word Boskina, Boskina, and it means to speak ill of one, to slander, to uh, transduce him, to bring evil upon. Uh, uh, there are other definitions, but those are just a few of them that I wanted to use. And that word right there is used as a verb. So Paul's saying people are, he's saying, who has bewitched you? Who has brought you into this type of action? It's like, oh my gosh, like, the, the, I, like, when you see that word being used as a verb, you're like, oh, wow, like this, this is actually real. So just for verse one, beloved, Paul says that you are being unwise. Because like, because he's just going over again. What, what I said to you before was true because it was from Christ. And these guys, it's all from themselves. It is a man-made religion. It's coming out of their own hearts, their own problems that they want, they don't want to deal with. Going back to my notes here, by letting these false teachers, by their self-contrived doctrine, they it makes you bewitched. It makes you boskina. And as we see that word is used as a verb, the word bewitched, they are taking their faith, uh, their actions in their faith elsewhere that do not glorify the name of Christ through the gospel. Paul is saying you are letting them speak ill of you. They are slandering you. Uh, they are bringing evil upon you. Why? They are not looking at you through the clear lens of the gospel message brought from Christ, now being taught through one of his bond servants, Paul. Now, where Paul says Jesus Christ was publicly portrayed and crucified. Let's slow down here. Let's go back to verse one. I was thinking, I'm like, I think we're only on verse one right now, where it says, um, it was before your eyes that Jesus Christ was publicly portrayed um, as crucified, uh, what that means is by the gospel message that they had received by Paul, which again, as we had previously uh, read, that this message was not according to man, but the man Christ Jesus himself. So when he says, when he says Jesus Christ was publicly portrayed and crucified, the, the translation there is the gospel message that Paul gave them. Okay, so verse two, he says, let me ask you this. So verse one, he's like, you guys have been bewitched. You've been fooled. Who led you to this? Who showed you the gospel? So verse two, let me ask you this then. Did you receive the spirit, meaning the Holy Spirit, by works of the law or hearing by faith? 
Now here, where Paul talks about works of the law, it can translate into the requirements of it. When it says hearing by faith, Paul brings back the hearing of the gospel. That's what he means by that. The good news brought forward by Christ. And that in result of that, the Spirit came in you. So he's saying, did you receive the Spirit by works of the law? Because that's what these guys are telling you to do. To follow the Mosaic law and be circumcised in order to follow Christ. He goes, no, you didn't hear it that way. You heard the message through faith. So verse 3, are you foolish having begun by the Spirit? Are you now being perfected by the flesh? So, I'm going to go off script for a second. There was a friend that I spoke to um, yesterday, and they listened to my podcast, and they gave me a little bit of criticism, and they said, I feel like you're going a little bit too fast. So, if, if it does seem like I am going too fast, I'm sorry. I, I am trying to pace myself. And again, I can only record each episode for an hour, so there is, and I've got 16 pages I'm trying to do, so just, I can't people please everyone, but I'm going to do my best. So he says, are you, again, are you being foolish? Having begun by the Spirit, it was begun by the Holy Spirit. Are you now being perfected by the flesh? If we've begun here, then why are you trying to finish what was already done? So I'm going to my notes now. We can see this word foolish again. Uh, we just saw it in verse 1. They are both the same Greek word. Okay. Now, in essence, to finish uh, verse 3, when Paul says, having begun by the Spirit, Paul is emphasizing how the Holy Spirit now works in us by faith to be justified with God through Christ by the message of the gospel. Uh, Because then Paul finishes and says, as the Spirit has brought you a new message, why are you trying to go back and perfect the works of the law by your flesh? Now, where it says being perfected in the flesh, it can translate into now ending with. Wow. I mean, that just, wow. Oh my gosh. That opens my mind. That, oh my gosh. Now, Paul is saying it couldn't end here. It ended when Jesus said on the cross, his last words on the cross, it is finished. And I think it's the Greek word, um, to tell is to die. I think that's how you pronounce finished. But verse four, did you suffer so many things in vain? If indeed it was in vain. Now, suffer right there, uh, the, the Greek can translate into experience. So let's switch that around. Did you experience so many things in vain? If indeed it was in vain. I remember early, I'm going I'm to kind of open up my kind of my faith walk a little bit of it. Remember early on in my walk with Christ, I did struggle with this. Uh, This issue Paul is pointing out in verses 3 through 4. I didn't know these verses then, early on in my walk with Christ, but I wish, I I wish I knew better. I was, I'm, I'm going off script now. I saw myself as that. Uh, very Jesus said if you want to enter the kingdom of heaven you have to learn how to be a child and I did see myself that way I was willing to be corrected and 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 learn things but I wish I would have been corrected about this early on and I will get into what this is in just a second 
God still used those moments of my of of my um, blindness for good. Uh, that's another story we can get into another time. But back when I first started to follow the Lord, I went to go work uh, a seasonal job at Spring Hill Camps in Evart, Michigan. When I came home, I tried to try so hard to not watch porn. I tried so hard to quit smoking and vaping. I tried so hard to not look at women with lust. I tried so hard to just do the right thing. I was trying to be self-righteous pretty much. Um, But I didn't know better. I was having a Roman 7 moment without knowing it. Um... And the more I gave in, the more I saw the depravity of my sin. I was trying to go to church every single day because I honestly thought that that was making me right with God. I was so blind, but I still had repentance in my life. It's, it's an odd thing to look at. I had works through my faith of believing in God, but my beliefs about the gospel were upside down. God then showed me, eventually, the gospel. He showed me the beauty beauty of it. He really opened my eyes, um, really when I went to Bethel, and a little bit before I went to Bethel. It was like a slow unveiling. Um, It was hard to ponder on the sacrifice of Christ when I was having moments of a Psalm 51, 17, having a broken and contrite heart over my sin. God still made me learn from this. Uh, Psalm 119 talks about how suffering can lead us Uh, into learning God's precepts again. The Holy Spirit in those moments didn't let me stay in that sadness for so long. What I think God did in those moments was he understood how much pain I was in in my sin. Uh, He helped me learn from it and then he took the guilt away through his grace. Uh, You will hear teachers say that guilt and shame don't come from God. They might not come from God. Um, They may come through the law or Satan. But... David says in Psalms, Psalm, uh, Psalm 66, 18, that when he was silent about clear sin that he clearly saw in his own life. So not sin that he didn't see, because there is some of that in our lives that God will reveal in the future. God's discipline is piece by piece. But David says if he saw sin that was clear in his own life and he did not Uh, confess it to the Lord. He was silent about it. He says that God's heavy hand of displeasure was over him. Then once he made a clean slate, which means to confess everything, that God removed the guilt and the gloom turned to joy. Um, Now, I don't know... I, I know gloom in the Hebrew, I do think, means depression... Um, and it's the same thing in the in the Greek. We're, uh, we we read in James four, uh, you know, a few weeks ago. Paul says, "Let your joy be turned to gloom," and he's talking about mourning over your sin. That gloom does translate into depression. <clears throat> now, obviously, you can see this play out in what I just explained over my own life. Um, I had moments of confession of sin. I was going to celebrate recovery for quite some time, having moments of confession of sin in rooms with people. Now, I'm not a Calvinist, but I do look at scripture and there's there's clear evidence on the power of it, the importance of it, um, that it's not redundant in the word of God. Um, you can see that play out in my life. And I'm not like saying that like self-righteously, but rather, I still don't under, it, it still kind of boggles me how I didn't truly trust in Christ's sacrifice. It was hard to 
but I had works. I had repentance in my life, but then later on the Lord showed me the gospel. And it may be like a Paul moment where like Paul, he knew the whole Old Testament. And then, and I'm not saying I'm an apostle or anything like that. That's not what I'm saying. I'm saying the transition could be similar um, where Paul knew all the Old Testament and he was circumcised at a young age and was just like a, like a very, like he knew the law. Like he was a very like devout Christian, what we would call that today. Um, but he was killing Christians. Um, so maybe, I hope, I hope that makes sense what I'm kind of trying to explain here. But again, I'm not saying I'm an apostle or that I'm Paul, but it's a similar situation. Now I may get some backlash on what I just said there about God's heavy hand of displeasure when you don't confess your sin. It, it, again, beloved, I, I don't want to deal in an absolute right now, but I still at the same time know that God is going to be faithful to his word. Um, God, Psalm 147 says that we will never completely comprehend or understand everything that God does. So we can't deal in absolutes at that point. But if we do see clear sin in our lives and we don't confess it, um, like we can go back to Hebrews in the midst of all of that, we can come boldly to his throne. It says when we desperately mess up, we can boldly come through, come to his throne. But of course, I want to, I want to say on here what's true because God's gifted me with this podcast. Um, you are God's beloved and I'm going to do my best to direct you in the right ways as I stay accountable to that too in, in my walk with Christ behind the scenes when I'm not on my podcast, when I'm not going to church on Sundays. Uh, I have uh, I have come to the revelation of truly trusting in Christ and his sacrifice for my sins uh, now and not my puny works. So, I hope that really encourages you. I, I, I love being vulnerable. Um, I really do. I, I almost kind of call it my superpower. <laughs> I may, <clears throat> I think I may have said that on another episode. But so ver- let's go back to let's. Um, we're going to go back to uh, verse five. But we're, let's read verse four to get some context. Um, he says, "Did you suffer so many things in vain? If indeed, it was in vain." So he's asking a question there. He says in verse five, "Does he, meaning God, who supplies the Holy Spirit to you?" And works miracles among you do so by works of the law or hearing by faith. Now, this is my favorite verse so far, beloved. Paul says, essentially, is God then going to give you the Holy Spirit, which he promised to give as recorded through the prophet Ezekiel in chapter 36 and do and and, and show you signs and wonders um, once you get back to the works of the law or by hearing hearing it by faith because that's pretty much what these guys are saying they're, they're, they're saying they're saying you gotta go back to the law and do everything right you know what Jesus said it's not really finished oh my gosh no Paul's saying that's not true the Bible talks about like rebuking things like that's that is a harsh rebuke without a doubt so he's saying did the, the God who supplies the Holy Spirit to you and works miracles among you do so by works of the law? No! He set you free by hearing the gospel through faith. So, verse 6, Paul's going to get into the Old Testament a little bit here now. Just as Abraham believed God and it was counted to him as righteousness. So he's going back. He's, He's saying, now even though the law was not 
this is this is this is one thing I struggle with. And I'm not saying Paul's wrong here because it's not Paul's words. Paul says in Second Timothy that every word in the Bible is literally God breathed. But verse six, just he says. So let's read verse verse five and six has to go together. You have to read it together. Does he who supplies the Spirit to you and works miracles among you do so by works of the law or hearing by faith, just as Abraham believed God and it was counted to him as righteousness? Now again, I'm not calling God a liar because that's not true. But the law wasn't given yet. So that's where I get confused. The law was not given yet by Abraham. So... Again, let's not deal in an absolute, of course, and but but, but okay, yeah, but Abraham was counted as righteous before God because of his faith in him. Now, verse seven. Now then, that it is those of faith who are the sons of Abraham. So he's saying those who believe God in faith through the Spirit, they are the sons of Abraham. He says. And the scripture, foreseeing that God would justify the Gentiles by faith, preached the gospel beforehand to Abraham, saying, In you, meaning Abraham, shall all the nations be blessed. So then, those who are of faith are blessing are blessed along with Abraham, the man of faith. The man of faith. Now back to verse 8, where it says God would justify it translates into being made righteous. So Verses 6, uh, 7, 8, and 9 talk about um, Abraham and how we are blessed through him. And Paul's going to dive into that even more here. In these next few verses, I get marveled by, like in a astounding, beautiful way. So the new title for this chapter uh, is The Righteous Shall Live by Faith. So he says in verse 10, for all who rely on works of the law are under a curse. For it is written, Cursed be everyone who does not abide by the things written in the book of the law and do them. Now, the beginning of the verse, works of the law, translates into seeking justification and salvation by obedience to the law and the observance of rituals. So, okay. Let's break this down. I, I don't have any notes on here, but I, I, I want—I don't—I don't just want to move on and want to take my time. This is a study. It's a, this is you, you can see on the top. It says Galatians three study. <laughs> so, all those who rely on the works of the law are under a curse, because it's written, "Cursed be everyone who does not." Sorry, I kind of had a mind boggle there i'm sorry so paul's pretty much saying if you're seeking justification and salvation by obedience to the law and the observance of rituals you are under a curse essentially he is tying he's he's going off the um the other verses where uh paul says that no one no one could do it. No one could fulfill the whole law. No one was able to do it. Verse 11. Now it is evident that no one is justified before God by the law, for the righteous shall live by faith. 
Now the law is not of faith, rather the one who does them shall live by them. So, okay, verse 12, which is what we just read. Paul is saying, okay, you must say then, if I live by faith, then I fulfill the law. Paul is essentially saying, absolutely not. He says, if you want to do that, you have to obey all of it. Every single bit of it. You can't mess up once. And like we read in James, it says that when you mess up, when you when you sin here, you fail the whole thing. So, when you read verses 10 and 13 in, sorry, 10 through 14 in context, it just, oh my gosh, it, it blows you away. So, verses 10, 11, and 12, Paul talks about the dangers of walking in trying to fulfill everything by the law and that the righteous shall live by faith um, and that the law is not of faith rather the one who does them shall live by them so he's saying it wasn't it wasn't even possible to live by faith to justify the law in the old testament it wasn't possible so paul paul finishes in verse 13 christ redeemed us from the curse of the law by becoming a curse for us for it is written Cursed is everyone who hangs on a tree. Now you might be thinking, you know, where where is Paul quoting there from? Where, where does it say, cursed is everyone who hangs on a tree? It's actually coming out of Deuteronomy 21, 23. And if we remember, Jesus was hung on a tree, which is, you can see the sovereignty of God through that. It's marvelous, beloved. So verse 14 Paul elaborates even more. He says, so that in Christ Jesus, the blessing of Abraham might come to the Gentiles so that we might receive the promised spirit through faith. It is, beloved, this is so simple. This is so like, oh, Paul just goes step by step. This is it. There's nothing different. There's nothing that has changed. This is it. It's simple. He goes back to the word of God, not his own man-made rituals. Like in 1 Corinthians, he says that I didn't come to you with man's wisdoms and blah, blah, blah. He goes, no, we spoke through the power of God. This, this is that. Now, I want to elaborate on the end of verse 14 here, beloved. This isn't a cross reference, but I saw this highlighted when I worked on this, where it says the promised spirit in verse 14. So go, go, whether you're looking on your Bible app or in your on-hand Bible or whatever, where it says, so that we might receive the promised spirit through faith. We can look at Ezekiel 36, 26 coming into play, being fulfilled, the prophecy being fulfilled where God promised to put a new spirit in us. That is that beloved. That's it right there. It's not a cross reference. So I don't, Maybe Paul was quoting that verse. I'm, I mean, Paul knew half of the Old Testament. He knew so much. But we can see that come into play. Now, right here, I just, I just, you know what? I'm going to read this note and then I'm going to go off script on verse 13. It is also important to know that the reason why it is important. Okay, hang on a second. It's important to know that the reason why. 
uh, Paul mentions Gentile believers in verse, ten, in verse 14 is because God's people in the Old Testament were Jews. People that weren't Jews were called Gentiles or the uncircumcised, which is what they call them now in the New Testament. We've, we've gone over that, beloved. I, I hope that makes sense. I hope that kind of reiterates your mind. He is saying the promise of God the promise God gave Abraham would bless all nations, not just Jews slash God's chosen people. Because the Old Testament, God chose the Israelites and no one else. But, oh my gosh, hang on this. But through Abraham, yeah, okay, we're going to, oh my gosh. This is honestly probably my favorite chapter so far because Paul's going to get into how Abraham's blessing what, the seed is actually Christ. Paul's going to dive more into that. So we just got, you know, at the beginning he talked about why have you been bewitched? Why have you been turned this way? I told you the truth. You're letting these people speak ill of you and, and put a curse on you. They're, 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 they're destroying you. And then he explains what Christ did. And then the next few verses, Paul's going to talk about the blessing of Abraham, what, what God did through him at the beginning of time. But I want to go back and I want to elaborate on verse 13 where it says Christ redeemed us from the curse of the law. So let's stop right there. What is the curse of the law? It says right here. Uh, the curse of the law is what it says in verse 10. Cursed be everyone who does not abide by the things written in the book of the law and do them. That was the curse. Christ broke that for us. Number one, because he was, uh, I think it's 2 Corinthians 5, he who knew no sin, which means he was able to do Galatians 3.10. He was able to abide in all the things written in the book of the law. Became sin so that we may become the righteousness of God. He switched it. He said, I'm going to destroy it. And Beloved, I want to I wanna encourage you, the very first episode that I did on my podcast, and I don't know why, it's not on Apple Podcast, and I'm really sorry about it, it's only on Spotify, I don't know why, I'm sorry, but I did a message on why, why God looks so different compared from the Old and the, and the New Testament. Why does God, and, and, and again, I think it is that man-made religion, because with how much scripture I've read over the past five years, no, there's as much grace and and mercy and wrath as much as there is in the new testament there is and people that tell you differently i just i i have a tough time really agreeing with that um so it's just beautiful to look at verse 13 christ paid it for us beloved he became a curse And I'm going to finish with this because we still have a ways. Yeah, we still have a ways to go. Um, and I'm 43 minutes in. So I'm just going to say this last thing and I'm going to do a part two on Galatians 3. So if you're listening to this and you listen to it right now, please listen to part two because you're going to be leaving with half the message and I love you way too much. So, um... So you might say, you know, how do we, what are we supposed to do then? It's just, I, I, I love it the way First John says it. 
or the way John says it, we love him because he first loved us. And that when we do mess up, we can find ourselves back at the foot of the cross. And people will, pastors will then say, oh, well, you're just leading them more towards sin. I go, no, I'm presenting them what Paul said. Paul said, we preach Christ and Christ crucified. Not, oh, you need to stop sinning. Yeah, that's true. But you can see the believer who does have remorse over his sin and does want to repent. And that's between them and God. It's almost like 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 you're you're like you're making yourself God in their lives. You don't want to decrease. You don't want to do John three. You don't. You want it. You want to increase in their lives. And that's so wrong. It's so wrong. It says that God's mercy, God's kindness, God's grace leads us to repentance, not His wrath, not His anger. Bible also says that God is patient in our long suffering. He's patient with us. Why? Because we couldn't fulfill everything in the law. We couldn't do it. And Jesus being fully man and fully God, which I don't completely comprehend, but I don't think God's asked me to. We should just acknowledge and say it's true. He humbled himself. And he drank the cup of God's wrath. That's what happened. Okay, so let's come back to verse 15 and um, we will continue this study on Galatians 3. I'll see you in a bit, beloved. You are loved.